happening, guys? Welcome back to the King of the Podcast with myself, Craig Holmes, and this little train driving champion, Captain Bannister. What? What do you mean? I don't drive trains. Your little train driving car. I've got a today. cap on. Who? Who's to say that a this belonged to a train driver? Brown ensemble. Righto. <laughs> I actually look lush. I don't look like a turd. Can I get <laughs> return to Blenheifest in New York, please, love? So you could say, can I get a refund on my girlfriend? I'm going to be like, you're rude. I'm one of those as well. <laughs> so welcome back, lads. This is season four. If you've been uh, keeping up with these podcasts, we've been mixing it up every week and just deciding the, the night before yeah. what we're going to record the day after. Yeah. Well, I did have like 10 <laughs> themes, 10 topics for this, this um, series, but... We've just been like experimenting with new ones, haven't we? Yeah, stuff that like interests us. We're like, yeah. oh, that sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah. So this week's suggestion actually came from Amy's sister Hannah. So yeah. thanks for the recommendation. Shout out. Um, so if you've been listening along, what you're going to expect from this season is you're going to learn, learn educational, educational. We are now teachers of the world, Craig. <laughs> well, people, people from all over the world listen to this podcast. So essentially, they we, do. We yeah, are. but just. Don't fact well fact check us. Fact. Don't be spouting our facts like they're gospel because they might not be true. <laughs> I mean, how how good is Google really? We're our own researchers as well. You yes. know, we haven't got a team. No, we haven't. We're we're the full production. We're the producers, the researchers, the directors, the editors. We do it all, Craig. We do it all, mate. Yeah. So you're also going to get your minds blown, hopefully. Um, and Amy, if you want to do the little disclaimer for this week's episode. All right. So doing the research there's a lot of brutal prisons out there I actually cried earlier because I couldn't quite believe what I was reading um, so I just want to put a little disclaimer out there to say that this is it could be potentially triggering for some people it is very sad um, and unfair and I just want people to be aware of that while they're listening to it last week we talked about incredible survival stories yes if you missed that one there were some belter stories in that one some just, people of the world yeah, are incredible just fascinating feats of human strength and bravery yeah. but it's not just that it's not just our podcast we can send you away with documentaries to watch yeah really interesting documentaries so i would suggest going back and listening to that one if you missed it but this week as amy's already mentioned and ruined it we're talking about the oh. world's most brutal prisons sugar and they're flipping awesome as well they're flipping our mates yeah last week we finished on a riddle Ooh. Do you remember the riddle? Not a jar of glue, Craig. <laughs> if you can give it to me again, that'd be great. The riddle last week was, you see a boat filled with people, yet there isn't a single person on board. How is that possible? Gravy boat. That's all I've got for you. All the people on the boat are married. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> that was very clever. Attention to detail. If you got that one, hats off to you. Yeah, that well was done. One of those ones is like, when you know, you know, but when you don't, it's a tough one. You haven't got a bloody idea. You think people are jumping in boats of gravy because they love it. <laughs> ah, pistol. There's also a competition this season to win some King in the Merchandise. <clears throat> All you have to do is leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have that, then just leave one in the comments on YouTube. We're going to put everyone in a pot, pick a winner, and someone's going to win some merch uh, on the last episode. Yeah, hopefully something for the summer, Craig, mm. if it ever decides to come. Some summer gear. We need to get that sorted as well. Yeah, we'll get some new stuff out and send it to you. Well, that could be limited a dish. Mm. You could be a VIP King It crew member. Imagine that. Fabulous. All right, lads, before we jump into the brutal prisons, we're going to give a shout-out to this week's sponsor and every week's sponsor, Surfshark, baby! Surfshark! <laughs> 
Tell them about Surfshark, babe. What is it? Why do people need it in their lives? How does it change your life? Um, it changes my life significantly when I've got it on, not when I forget to have it on. What is it, a bra? <laughs> what? <laughs> when you've got it on. <laughs> you haven't said what it is, yeah? So Surfshark is a VPN, a virtual private network. So basically it, it acts as your online personal Jesus saviour <laughs> and saves you from online ads, malware, viruses, all of the bad people who could potentially steal your data mm. and like spread it around. Imagine that. Finding your identity on Reddit because someone's hacked you. Somebody else has just used your photos and put their name to it. You'd be like, what the fuck, Karen? (laughs) Karen, love. (laughs) So there's a number of reasons that we love Surfshark, one of them being the Netflix library. It's just a game changer. So you could be like, what are they watching in Japan? What's the top 10 things they're watching in Japan? Change your location on Surfshark. Boom. Watch the top 10 things I'm watching in Japan. I'm in, I'm in Tokyo, hackers. You can't find me. And I'm watching Netflix Japan. Also, if you like watch something on Netflix Japan and you like really fancy the main star, you can book a flight with your VPN on and get the best deals. What's that got to do with fancying the star? You can go meet him. Oh, right. You missed that bit out. Oh, you can go meet him. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy's encouraging stalking. Um no, but like some some flights are more expensive in different countries, so you can get them cheaper in others. So mm. if you pretend to be in that said cheaper country, mm. you get a cheaper flight. Happy days. Why doesn't everyone have that though? I know, Do you know mad. what I mean? It's fantastic. One of the other cool things is one subscription allows you to install and run Surfshark on unlimited devices. Uh, I think um, Surfshark's the only VPN to allow you to do that as well. So shout out for that. Bunch of legends. So... Not only is this pennies per month, yeah, we've got a deal for you. Hopefully some of you have taken us up on this offer already, but the deal is 83% off and three months for free. What's that code, Craig? You have to give him a code to get the deal. I'll give you the detail. Just give me a minute. So all you have to do is go to surfshark.deals forward slash R-Y-O-W podcast and you get 83% off and three months for free. We do this every every week. But do you not realise how cool it is? We're giving people that watch us a discount code to get something really good that could potentially save them. Hmm. Save their lives. Could save your life, mate. Yeah. Scaremongering. If you don't get it, <laughs> you, you could die. So just uh, just note that. <laughs> All right, lads. This week we are talking about the world's most brutal prisons. Now, we've got a couple of stories each, and we're going to tell you some of the scenarios and some of people's stories. There's some mad stuff on the internet, there? There sure is. There sure is. First of all, some people end up in prison for being naughty. Some people end up in prison wrongly accused. Yeah. I guess the moral of this week's episode is don't be naughty. Don't be naughty. For one. And two, don't hang around with the wrong people. (laughs) What are you saying, Craig? I'm saying... We're going to have to go our separate ways. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, are you going to go in jail because of me or vice versa? Yeah, the first one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, babe, what have you got? You want to kick it off? What's your story this week, Lev? Well, you know me, Craig. You know know I'm obsessed with anything prison related. Mm. Um, And at the moment, it is Raphael Rose, the the world's toughest prison series on Netflix. Is it? Yes. I've I've not seen that. When have you been watching that? Hang on, how have you not seen it? I've seen like 12 series of the whole thing. Raphael Rose? Yeah. So he's the guy who was um, falsely imprisoned for 12 years. Sorry, I thought it was like... 
the series was called that, not that that was a person. Yeah, I know Raphael. Oh, no. Oh, you know him, do oh, you? Oh, we go way back. You did a Rafa. stint in Juvie, did yeah, you? Yeah, me, yeah. Me and Rafa, yeah. I understand. So um, he investigates some of the world's toughest prisons from um, from everywhere, all over the world. Um, and he actually goes in and, like, stays there for, like, a week, which is crazy. And I remember one of the episodes that he went in um, and it was somewhere in, like, uh, Brazil or something where they don't take your clothes off you. So he kept his trainers and, like, this mafia boss just took them straight off him. Really? He was like, give me your trainers. Oh, yeah. Because he has to go in and stay in the in the prison cells with the actual prisoners. Yeah, hats off to him, like, because yeah. there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people doing these series over the years, but I think his is definitely one of the best because mm. he, he did a lot of time in prison. Job he is. And he's, like, falsely yeah, accused. falsely accused. Um, and he's, like, he gets in there. I think he's just... He's one of those people, he's like a people person, isn't he? Yeah. And, and he, he gets on with anybody and even the criminals, he breaks them down and, yeah. and, and he, he befriends them mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he does a really good job of it. Yeah, I mean, it's like him and his cameraman. So yeah. if, if shit kicked off, I don't know how safe they would be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's nobody else there. So, yeah, it's really crazy. When I was looking for like information on prisons and stuff, the main country that came up was America. So I've got a few facts on American prisons. Okay. So if you were to take a guess at how many Americans were currently in prison, what would you say? It's an absurd amount, isn't it? Like six million? No. <laughs> 2.3 million 2.3. people. 2.3 million. That is, that is almost the population of Wales. That is 1.6 million more than people in prison in China. <laughs> yeah. In China? In China. Isn't that the most populated country in the world? Should we say yeah? Yeah, I'll go with that. So the nation's hefty inmate population is spread across 1,719 state prisons, 102 federal prisons, 901 juvenile correctional facilities, and 3,163 local jails, as well as military prisons, immigration prisons, civil commitment centres, and US territory prisons. So there's a lot of things that you could be going to if you were... Naughty, as you say. Naughty in America. So the US, um, the US state prison system cost an estimated eighty billion pound a year. Eighty billion quid. A lot of this um, privately owned, though, isn't it? Not a not a clue. Yeah, that, there's a there's a documentary called The Thirteenth, which I watched a couple of years ago, on the American prison system, and it is so heavy. It's basically like the new slavery. Because mm. they, they force the prisoners to work and to make things and then they yeah. get sold. How well, fucked up is that? Well, we're talking about that, prisoners do actually have a right to not work if they don't want to. Mm. But but when they do, they work for like a dollar a day or something. Yeah, but that's how they get away with it. If they don't pay them, that is slavery. So they pay them as little as possible. So just while we're on that, um, while you're in prison, you will be expected to either work or be in education, both of which you would get paid for, but obviously not a lot. So the United Nations guidelines known as the Nelson Mandela rules pays the prisoners, otherwise it would be known as slavery. Mm. Um, So prisoners, what do you think they make in prison? What, like per day? Not not money-wise, I mean physically make, yeah. Um... Oh, it did say on this documentary, but I've forgotten. Is it some sort of clothes? They make clothes? Yeah, yeah. So it can range from park benches to military jackets. They used to make IKEA products, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. Um, baseball caps, canoes, jeans, and books for the blind are just a couple of things that they make. How do you make a book for a blind person? Well, it would be Braille, wouldn't it? So I guess you would... You'd have to learn the bra- Braille you d- dots. You do the dots, yeah, I guess, kind Mad. of thing. Yeah, and um, major brands use prison labour 
including JC Penny, which isn't a UK brand, but I know it's massive in, I think, America or Canada, and Victoria's Secrets. They make a lot of lingerie. Do they? Yeah. That's not the best place to be making, like, making someone make lingerie, is it? No, but some people, like... Some companies are like, yes, we're working with the prison. You know, they're, they're really proud of that. But they don't mention that they pay and fuck all. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, we're giving them jobs and we're, you know, bringing them back into work and teaching them the right ways. But yeah, you pay them like a pound an hour, less than that. Madness. I think it said between 10 and 20 pound a week in the UK prisons. That's what prisoners make. It's a weird one, though, isn't it? Obviously, if you're in prison... You're in prison for a reason, you know, and if you are... You cannot forget that. Yeah. People forget that. But also, there's people who are wrongly in prison, like yeah. your man, Rafa. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like a weird one, because, yeah, I, you know, when you get sentenced to jail, you're supposed to just be in a cell, and then you get a bit of time to wash and a bit of time to exercise. Mm-hmm not get a job and start building an empire yeah i know in, in jail i know but if you think about it the majority of prisons are they're they're fully booked in they yeah <laughs> they're out their capacity is way over so to keep them occupied to keep their minds going you know to keep them focused on one thing rather than fighting and boredom you'd give them work wouldn't you yeah it's the probably the best way of doing it however when it comes to making the money from that that goes in their like contraband pocket they get to pay for things like television and stuff hmm. and this is where i'm a bit like you you've murdered somebody yeah. and, and you're having a tv i don't know i, I don't know how, what i think about it but i always bring myself back to like maybe being a family member of somebody that was killed by a guy who's in jail yeah you wouldn't want them to have anything yeah really. yeah would you? No, you wouldn't. But, but I mean, if you've just sold, like, some weed and you've got 17 months, it's a bit unfair to not... To not have a TV. Well, yeah, in a way. <laughs> I anything... know it's not a human right, but <laughs> in that sort of sense, you'd be like, this is bullshit. What about rehabilitation then? Because I know there's an episode with Raphael where he goes somewhere in... Isn't it like Norway or Sweden? And it's like... Or is it... It might be South America somewhere. And there's this, like, really, really well-done-out prison. It's almost like a holiday camp. Mm. The prisoners are, like, free to kind of roam a lot more. And it's, like, all about rehabilitation. There's, like... They're able to go in the kitchen and cook and use the knives and all that stuff. And they really trust the prisoners. Yeah. And the the sort of... Um, the turnaround time and the, the sort of... What's the word? Yeah, like, the rehabilitation mm. it helps them get back into society. I feel like that one was in Iceland. Was it Iceland, was it? Quite possibly, yeah, because it there was um, subtitles. <laughs> so all subtitles come from Iceland, do they? <laughs> no, but, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, in Iceland, crime is way low. There's, there's hardly any crime in Iceland. Mm. So the people that go in there, they've, they've got a lot more money to put into them being re... rehabilitated yeah you know if you were to try and put that in place in South America where there's gangs you can't give them a knife they're gonna go and kill someone Mm. do you know what I mean it's like it's different places you know you're not expected to go to jail in Iceland kind of thing but if you but if you if you treat your people like animals they're just gonna behave like them aren't they yeah but sometimes there's no there's no choice I mean sometimes you just can't help certain people (laughs) shut up (laughs) in brazil some inmates have the opportunity to reduce their sentence by reading books what do you think about that happy days i'd be up for that yeah but what do you think about that 
what's the terms? You, you have to read 10 Biff and Chip books and then you, 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 you reduce your sentence <laughs> by one year. They can reduce their sentence by up to four days uh, for each book they read. Oh, that's not bad. I'd be flying through the novels if I was in there. I know, but you, yeah, you would. But why should you be given that option? <laughs> it's different. Co- I mean, it's a million different it crimes. It's a million different circumstances. It you can't is. just go, this is one rule for everybody. Yeah. But I mean, John's come in, committed genocide. Uh, Peter's come in, um, selling weed. Mm. Do they both have the opportunity to reduce their sentence? Well, I mean, chances are the one who's committed genocide has probably got like 127 years. So he'd have to read about 50,000 books to reduce it to a normal time. Okay, fair enough. So this last fact is actually based in China. So apparently rich people can hire body doubles to serve their time in prison. Shut up. I mean, I don't know how true it is, but Google told me that. Imagine! That is madness. And I, I feel like it would happen. <clears throat> I really feel like it could happen. I could see that happening in China, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, oh, mate, do you want to make a quick 100K? A quick buck. Two years in prison. Yeah. Would you do it? 100%. You'd, you'd go... <laughs> <laughs> How much am I getting? Two years, 100K. No. Yeah. Not in a way. We make that in a year, babes, don't we? Lol. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would definitely pay somebody. If I did something wrong, I'd definitely pay him. Yeah. I'd be terrified. How far do you think I'd get in prison? Or your weaves would be gone in five minutes. Well, apparently the first 72 hours of you being in prison is the most dangerous. It's the most likely time that you will be killed. That's where you got to fight. That's crazy. Yeah. Take my trainers. Take, take it all. <laughs> People could sleep in your trainers. They'd have a bed. Wait, what do you mean? Your big bofters. They're not. I'm a size five. They're not that big. <laughs> you put two bunk beds in them. <laughs> <laughs> Actual prisons. Moving on. Mine is called Bang Quang Prison. I like that name, Bang Quang. Where do you think it's based? Bangkok. It is. Well done. Just outside of Bangkok in Thailand. The Thai people actually call it the Big Tiger. Because it eats people alive. Oh, God. And it's nicknamed in the West as the Bangkok Hilton. Hilton? Hmm. It's a joke, like a sarcasm. Oh, okay. Because it's not the Hilton. Oh, you thought I would have got that sarcasm, being British and all that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's far from a place that anyone would want to stay. The prison is known for routine torture of its inmates. Inmates are crammed into small cells and death row inmates are often given as little as two hours notice before they're dragged off for execution. No way. Because people in America, they're like on death row for years. They'll yeah. be there for like 15 years. Yeah. And then they get a letter to say, you're due for... What is the score with that? Because surely if you're on death row and it's the lethal injection, is it taking someone 15 years to make the next dose? Or do you know what I mean? Like, why is it... T- if you're on death row, mm-hmm. is it being prolonged because they could potentially have a, another retrial? Or why does it take that long? I don't know. And it's I've, strange, isn't I've it? I've watched enough, like, documentaries and films about this. So you'd think I would know, but I don't know why it takes so long. But yeah, you can keep asking for a retrial. They'll prolong the whole procedure type thing. Yeah. Um, but 56 countries at the moment retain the death penalty. Really? That many? 56, yeah. Bloody hell. Only seven. Uh, currently, the lethal injection is legal in only seven countries. What about the rest then? What do they do with them there? Oh, I don't <laughs> think they use the electric chair anymore, but it would be it'd be something. So this is the reality for more than 15,000 foreigners from over 100 countries foreigners. as of 2020, yeah. So, so foreigners are in the prison? There's foreigners in there, yeah. 
there's a lot of people because Thailand is like a, a through country right. from like places like Burma uh, where it goes through those countries and then from Thailand to the US and UK markets drugs drugs yeah so probably drug, mention that drug trafficking <laughs> yeah I was going to get onto that it's in the story that I think that would be my worst nightmare is being in prison especially in a Thai prison hmm. oh I just they have men and women's don't they separate yeah yeah I, I like to feel like I don't know where the Bridget Jones uh, where she went to prison I feel like it was somewhere in Thailand with the women they all took their bras off and they were dancing can you remember <laughs> that scene uh, no oh no she was the only one who had a bra so she passed it round and they all had a wear <laughs> That was good fun, but yeah, not the Don't men. think prison's quite like that. <laughs> it would be when I get there. Party's arrived. I've got a bra. <laughs> so to put that into perspective in terms of like size and amount of inmates, Britain's biggest prison holds 2,100 inmates wow. and is three times larger than the, the Bangkwang prison in Thailand. So it's got 2,100 inmates and it's three times bigger. And in, the, in Bangkwang, there's 15,000. Shut up. So sometimes there's up to 27 people in one cell. Oh my God. And I've watched the, a documentary on YouTube because they, they hadn't let anybody in with cameras, but there's a BBC documentary where they let a film crew in. Oh, no way. And literally one cell, there's like 50 people in there. And and they're just, well, there's like 27, I exaggerated a bit. Yeah. And they're just all laid down. And the guy they interview, there's a few British people on, on this documentary. And they're like, literally, like you have to lay flat on your back. If you move your elbows, you're basically touching somebody. And, like, you have to, like, move your legs up if you're tall because you'll be touching someone's head. That's how crammed it. Like, sardines literally in a cell. Imagine that. Imagine the claustrophobia. Oh, it would stink as well. It would be absolutely... Imagine 27 people farting. It's bad enough with three in a van. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, Thailand, where it's always hot, you'd be wearing next to no clothing. Your men, like, it would be... Sweating a, in the a heat. Ming fest. <laughs> Minging. It would be a Ming fest. And also, imagine, like, there's definitely no aircon in there, is there? No, no, Craig. <laughs> I did see one of Raphael's one, though, where they all had to sleep spooning each other. Really? Yeah, oh, literally God. from wall to wall, and there would be one guy on lookout for something. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, spooning. Oh, you couldn't lay flat. There was that many of them in, in, a, in a prison. Absolutely mad. So, in this prison, there's serial killers, rapists, but mostly drug dealers. Okay. Because Thailand is literally just, like, cracked out. They just hate drugs. Oh, yeah, good, good. The Thai drug sentences are, like, stupidly harsh. So, minimum for stealing drugs is 25 years. Oh, my God. But sometimes, but the worst outcome is the death penalty. Goodness. Um, What do they do for the death penalty, do you know? So, it used to be firing squad. So oh my god absolutely mental so when you picture firing squad you think like back in the day they'd line like 10 prisoners up and they'd be like 10 guards with guns but firing squad is literally like one guy stood at the end of the room and a guy with a rifle and they have a red flag and they drop the flag and they just shoot them that's terrifying it's literally murdering someone yeah now you've mentioned it though I did on the last podcast when we were coming across um, survival stories there was a guy who was sentenced to death by rifle or firing squad whatever you called him he was shot nine times um, at really close proximity survived shut up escaped what? Yeah, I should have told that Why story. Why did you put that one in there? You I don't know. <laughs> I had too many, but yeah, he survived. He That's had, he had like a massive like um, crevice in his face from where one hit him in his face. But yeah, he survived. Oh my god, and he escaped. Yeah. See, 
it's something so fascinating about prison escapes. Yeah. And I know it gets glorified. It's crazy. Prison movies are like so fascinating. I don't know why. I think it's just because people get locked up and, you know, most of the time the people that are in the films are like innocent. So you want them to escape. Yeah, yeah. But whenever you hear about someone escaping prison, you're like, go on, mate. Yeah, it is crazy, isn't it? But you don't really know what they've done. But obviously, you know, but that's a mad story. I know. That should have made the cut, babes. should have. But it did this week, so... Well, well done. <laughs> well done. So like I said, yeah, minimum sentence, 25 years. Worst case scenario, death penalty. Uh, like I said earlier as well, the, the execution notices can come as, as soon as like two hours. So imagine that. Someone comes up <sighs> to you, mate, you've got two hours. And we're going to... Do they not have a last meal? Well, I imagine not in Thailand. I'll get onto the food in a section. Okay. In, in a second. <laughs> in a section. <laughs> <laughs> so even in Thailand, I didn't even know this, but an unintentional insult to the royal family can end, can end you up in prison. Oh, their royal family. The Thai royal family, yeah. So if you, oh, no, if you... I did know there was one because isn't it? Isn't he gay? The the king now. Yeah, so he's been like, yeah. The, the... Is this something someone needs to fact check? No, I think you're right. Yeah, he. he so there was a the king of Thailand. He was ruled for like years and years. Yeah, he was very he was much loved. respected. He yeah. was like loved by the people, and then when he passed away. He went to his son, and his son was like this party animal. Booty shorts. Booty type shorts of... and crop tops. Uh-huh. And like just like the polar opposite you of what the king was. And so I think they just tried to shoo him out. I don't know what happened with him, actually. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, if anybody knows, write us a comment. But yeah, we'll Google it after. In madness. But going back to Bang Quang, the guards are unarmed and outnumbered 50 to 1. Jeez. So if the prisoners turn around, we're like, right, let's just do them over. They but, have no chance. But they still they still in charge, the guards. Of course, yeah, the, the guards are in charge. And also, I mean, if the if there's a death penalty and they're giving out stupid sentences, you probably wouldn't want to do anything wrong, would you? Point taken. I'll sit back down. So the lights stay on 24 hours a day. Oh, that I'm out. I am out. <laughs> if there is even an inch of light, like a Bluetooth light on our speaker or something, I'm like, turn it off, I can't sleep. <laughs> I can just see it penetrating my eyeball skin, you know, my lid. Your lid. <laughs> uh, just after the new Thai government came into power in 2001, um, they executed prisoners at Bangkwang prison and broadcast it live on TV as a warning to drug pushers. Can you imagine that happening in the UK? No, I can't. They go in, right, just so you know, anyone who's dealing drugs, watch this, go live on on BBC, primetime TV, and just hang people. It's so medieval. You you can't imagine, but what can they do? What can they do to deter these people? They've got so many people in this prison. They're losing control. Mm. How do you deter, how do you deter without showing people you will die for this? Yeah, it's crazy because I feel like in in the West, um, especially in the UK, like people's human rights and mm-hmm. the way they're treated are really looked after. So if yeah. you're in prison, you got all these rights and. But I feel like, you know, places like Thailand, especially this prison, they're just yeah. like, you, you're in jail, mate. You're going to have a shit time. There's, yeah. You know, you're not going to be looked after. Mm-hmm. So I got a few more bits about this. So there's a sign outside the prison that shows the number of people who are up for execution for dealing drugs as well. Oh, so there's God. literally like a section that says like drug dealers, 546 people like waiting to be killed. Oh. Absolutely mental. Oh my goodness! And uh, in the documentary as well, there's there's a Thai drug dealer on there, and um, he's up for the death penalty. But because because he's got that, and he's basically in there for the rest of his life, they've welded shackles to his feet. What? They're not locked. He's literally chained up for the rest of his life, oh like an animal. Oh my god! How have they managed that? 
I don't know, just wild, wild, wilding them on. One of them. Oh. How mad is that? Oh my god! You see, that's that's unbelievable. There's no right, no human rights there left for you, is there? No. So oh my god! What happens when you come into the prison? You uh, to show that like you're a newbie, they they shackle all the newbies for three months. So okay. you, you have to wear leg shackles. And there's a guy in this documentary, a British guy, um, and he's got like, all these bandages around his legs and then the shackles. And then like around your ankles is a two and then there's two further up on your shins and like a chain hangs between them. Okay. Mad. But that was 2001. So as of May 2013, the, the official Ban Quang Central Prison abolished the use of shackles. So yeah, was... that's proper old school, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so... Well, it's were... not. I mean, they still do it in, like, America when you come yeah, out for trial. Yeah, they still shackle still... people. Yeah. But it's usually just to move them, like, from the vans of the prison, but yeah. they're literally, like, in the prison. Yeah. So this, this guy, he's on there. Um, he's, like, complaining because he can't play football because he's got these shackles on. But I've got some of it, this guy's story who, who served a lot of time there, which is crazy. Is this the British guy? This is the British guy, yeah. So the other problem they got in Thailand is that the drugs uh, not only getting trafficked out of Thailand, but they're finding their way into Thailand and into like the local communities and schools oh no so there's this one drug called the crazy drug and they showed a clip of this guy who'd taken it and he was on the roof like threatening to throw his baby off the roof oh my god it's madness and these guys tackle the guy and they save the baby but they're saying like the, the drug ended up becoming so cheap it was like a dollar for a pill and ended up going into schools and all these kids started getting oh, addicted to it God. so that's the reason that we're like right we need to crack down mm-hmm. so in 2001 the Thai prime minister he was like, I'm going to wipe out this drug problem in 60 days. I think I've heard this. Have you heard this? Possibly. <laughs> fucking mental. So in 60 days, they arrested 10,000 people and more than 2,000 alleged drug dealers were shot in the street. Yeah. 2,000 people I've, shot in the street. I've read that before, yeah. It's mad. Because when you think of Thailand, you just think of, you know, all the beautiful the places we've been. The land of smiles. The land of the smiles. And it is. It is really, like, if you're ever thinking of Thailand, don't let this put you off. These people have... I, I, we never drugs. ever came across drugs in Thailand, did we? No. We did Bali. Like you get offered offered everything in Bali, but in Kuta not mainly. Yeah. 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 Bit of a shit hole. I mean, you, you, that's what I mean. Like it's like a mother at, at her tether, at the end of her tether. What What can you do mm. when you've got so many people and you have to put place order within that community? Yeah. Yo, I don't know. I know. It's my. I think that a similar thing happened in the Philippines, didn't it? Remember the guy, uh, the president was just like right. And they were just going around in helicopters, gunning people down and God, just I mean, to get rid of the drugs and I mean, stuff. what if you get the wrong person? I know. It's not the right way. Mad. It is mad. You, f- you feel like, you know, in Thailand, it's pretty cheap labour. Can they build another prison? Or is that really just out of the question? Well, I mean, if you build another prison, there's just going to be more prisoners to put in it, you know? But it's, and there's probably more. It's not just, this is just a notorious for being one of the worst. There's yeah. more prisons, but yeah, yeah, this is the worst one. So caught in the crackdown were hundreds of foreigners. Um, oh, no. um, one of the... Hang on, the crackdown. Yeah. So caught in this was that this 20-year-old guy at the time, Michael Connell. He's 20 years old. He goes to Thailand. He has a sick time. Yeah. He comes home and he's really gutted about it and he wants to go back. Yeah. So he decides the only way of doing it is getting 3,400 ecstasy pills and getting a flight from Manchester to Bangkok to try and sell them over there. How the fuck did he even get them <laughs> and get them on a plane and take them over and get into the country? Well, he says on the documentary, I don't want to talk about where I got the money from the drugs. Surely if you can afford 3,400 pills, you can get a flight to Thailand. What? <laughs> It's mental. So he must have had he must have had some sort of drug connection with like if you get these over we'll give you X amount. Well he deserves all of the jail time coming to him. What? Taking right. Thai- taking drugs into Thailand like 
It is bad. It is bad. Um, so the street value of these pills, £50,000. Would they have been more expensive to buy in Thailand? Because you think it would have been cheaper. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. So he got caught at the airport uh, on an x-ray machine. So he put them in like two little face cream pots with plastic bags, went through the scanner and they, they caught him. In Thailand? In, in Bangkok airport, yeah. Go on, Bangkok. Well done. He said he goes into the customs office and on the wall there's a sign saying the penalty for drug smuggling is the death penalty. Oh my God. So he's in there like bricking it. Um, oh. And also like... 20 years old I mean that's so young I know it's a massive mistake like you know drug dealing is is, is terrible but to be that young and to get caught mm-hmm. so so what he did is he pleaded guilty so by doing that he avoided the death penalty because right. he was like it was me but okay. if you if you don't plead guilty and then they're like well we got evidence this this mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. you're lying okay now we're gonna kill you but he was sentenced to 99 years in prison oh my god so he'll be, be 119 when he gets out. Wow. You better hope they've got healthy food in prison. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so this guy goes in, uh, and, and I read an article on it, and it says the two... Um, he, he ends up learning fluent Thai, because he's in there for so long. Oh, that's um, cool. And he ends up next to two Thai doctors, um, who are also prisoners. And one of uh, both of them have been convicted of murdering their wives. Uh, and in one, one case was so gruesome that he chopped her up into little pieces and flushed her down the toilet. So these are the kind of criminals that he's, he's in, in with. with which is mad, because I know, like, a crime is a crime, but if you've got, like, murderers and rapists and then people drug dealing, but they, they see drug dealing as ten times worse. Mm-hmm. And there's a monk who on this documentary who's, like, in the prison system, and he sort of does the leads prayers and stuff like that. And even he is just, like... A murderer kills one person, but a drug dealer ruins families and kills... Exactly. Which is a fair point. Yeah. Um, So it's really, really frowned upon. Yeah. So he has to wear these shackles for the first three months. um, And there's a coupon system in this prison where you can, like, buy food and cigarettes because the basic um, one meal a day is... I've got a story about that from another prisoner later on, which is just grim. Okay. He also gets food and vitamins from the British Embassy just to keep him, like... Healthy. Is that a thing? It's a thing, yeah. What? What? And there's also a charity called Prisoners Abroad who give him two thousand baht a month. What? So, what is happening here right now? So basically, you get one meal a day. Yeah. Oh, really? I think that's what it says. Yeah. In on the documentary, like they get three, but I think from what I've read from other prisoners, they get it's one really meal a day. Uh, but if you've got money, you can buy more foods. Mm-hmm. So the way it works in there, which is even worse is that there's a hierarchy. So the richer prisoners, yeah. they employ other prisoners to do work for them mm-hmm. and do errands and stuff, and then they give them food in exchange. Right. But yeah, £45 a month that works out to from the charity. So he said his, his family can't afford to give him any money. That's crazy. Um, so they send him 45 quid a month for food and bits and bobs. Righto. So Michael Connell served eight years in the infamous Quang Bang prison. Yeah. Um, before being moved to serve the remainder of his sentence in the UK. I was going to say, like, I don't know if it applies abroad, but aren't UK residents one of their human rights is to be transferred to a closer prison if it's closer yeah. to their families? But I think what they do everything they can to sort of not let that happen. Yeah. But he was lucky. So he came home and then served the remainder of his sentence in the UK. So I think he did another six years oh, in, so in the UK. It was a 99. It was a 99. He was lucky. Is he? Where is he? Can we get him on Facebook? He's from Manchester. Just I, I actually tried to find him on Instagram, <laughs> just out of interest. I didn't search Facebook. But yeah, 
crazy. And wow, I bet you he's got some stories. I know. And I bet he hasn't touched a drug again no, in his I know. life. Imagine that, at 20 years old as well. <gasps> but he's imagine a getting skinny out. guy as well. He's he like, would be, wouldn't he? And he's the only white guy in his... Because apparently in this prison, the way it works is there's like families. Right. So you, little groups of people get together and they, they call themselves a family and they eat together and stuff. Okay. Because yeah. he's the only white guy, he sort of got um, left out for a long time oh, until no. he met these two doctors oh my god what a story that is he's bound to have a book out he's got to yeah, maybe cash in on that innit? i would be so another story from the same prison yeah. um to obviously the women's section the mad thing about this prison is even though it's horrendous they they do free yoga lesson lesson every day do they <laughs> get free yoga <laughs> right <laughs> not quite a bra, bra dancing but not in Free your yoga. lemons and it's about £45 to go. <laughs> so this Angela Carnegie, she, she's, um, she got caught for smuggling heroin, uh, from tried to smuggle heroin, heroin from Thailand out of Thailand to America. Oh, Ameri- she's American, is she? She's American, yeah. So she got caught in, th- in, in Thailand in 1993. And she describes that you only get one meal, a bowl of rice and soup, uh, which is served each day. Oh, goodness. Other food must be purchased through the canteen. She says the government food that was provided was barely edible and often had rocks or bugs in it. Oh, my God. After it is served onto metal trays, it's sat on the table for more than an hour before the prisoners actually get to it. During that time, birds would sit and eat at the side of the tray, she said. During the first decade of prison, she she would often sleep next to prisoners with tuberculosis, leprosy, pink eye and other various rashes and infections. You've been in Thai prison, babes. I may or may not have served a little stint in the... What was it called? Bang Kwan. Bang Kwan. With my pink eye. <laughs> cleaning the toilet so it just plopped in my eye. <laughs> it also says that she was forced to eat rotten food teeming with maggots. Oh. Oh. This is my worst nightmare. Like The food aspect of it because that's where you know you may be enduring all of these horrible places really unhygienic la 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 but if you've got no energy and you're you're becoming weak because you're being starved that's that's a big problem for me you know other scenes she describes we showered outside rain or shine oftentimes standing in floating sewage which overflowed from the sewage canal that ran off around the edges of, of the prison there were times of water shortage, exposure to extreme heat almost constantly, power outages at night, whilst the room with 200 plus others, so no fans or running water, oh even God. for toilets. Nah, nah, I'm out. I am out, Craig. But how... Yeah. I always say this, and I don't actually know what I mean by it, but isn't there, like, somebody who can go in and be like, this cannot happen, this is not humanly acceptable? But the thing is, it's like it's all government, isn't it? And and I yeah, I just the I right don't know people how it works. in the governments, you know, to yeah. sort this out because uh, yeah, I'm just thinking if you're going in there and you've been falsely accused and you're in there for eight years and this is what you're dealing with, mm. like food is a basic for anybody. No, it's great. That's crazy. So in regards to the food thing, it got me thinking about death row and the strangest things that people have asked for for oh, the, yeah? their last meals. Um, what would yours be? I don't know. I have thought about it. Um, pro- probably, um, probably the cupcakes from El Bakes because they're just the, be- the best things I've ever tried. Like a biscoff <laughs> infused sponge. Cake, Sh- shout cake out of, to Ellie who world. makes incredible cakes. Amy had one for her birthday. Off yours truly. Yeah. And some cupcakes. Follow her on Instagram. El Bakes underscore. Yeah, she's insane. I'd probably have that. 
There you go. That's that's a high praise, that is, Al, if you're listening, mate. Because I love my food. You do, yeah. I do love my food. However, it's not just one thing you can ask for. Oh, is it? Hold the phone and oh, I'll you. Oh, you get like you. three courses, is it? <sighs> a bit more than that. What? I, I feel like people are taking the piss with this. But anyway, so... Uh, convicted felons get the opportunity to select any food and drink of their choice within certain regulations on the eve of their execution. Hang on, what's within certain regulations? It doesn't say, and I don't think there is any, mm. um, according to this. So, um, some of the strangest meals ever recorded was uh, Victor Fuger, he asked for a single olive with the pip left in. <laughs> it looks funny on the plate. Like, if you could imagine a picture, he asked for that. So bas- basically, like, he was buried with it inside his jacket pocket. And um, pe- people believe that he was intended to be buried with it so it would um, sprout from his grave. Oh, that's quite a good idea, actually. It's quite sweet, considering, I don't know, what, if he was a murderer or what. Um, Do you Ger- want a murderous olive <laughs> grown from this murderous tree? Gerald Lee Mitchell murdered someone over a necklace, asked for a bag of pick mix <laughs> That'd be me as well. You'd probably murder someone for a bag of pick mix <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just like the Tesco pick mix and we've just like... I've just taken a gun and like, put a jelly baby spoon back because they're mine. <laughs> so taking full advantage of this unusual opportunity, convicted killer and white supremacist Lawrence Brewer decided to indulge in an enormous feast. He requested... Now, take a big deep breath for this one. Two fried chicken sticks with gravy and onion, a triple bacon cheeseburger, a cheese omelette with ground beef, tomatoes, onion, bell peppers and jalapenos, three fajitas, a meat feast pizza, a bowl of fried orca, a pound of barbecued meat with half a loaf of white bread, peanut butter fudge with crushed peanuts and a pint of bluebell ice cream all washed down with three root beers. First of all, he's never going to eat all that. Second of all... How on earth can you order fried orca? How is that a lot allowed? Okra. Oh, that makes a bit more sense. You said orca. <laughs> Did you mean I meant whale? Yeah. You literally said orca. <laughs> okra. Right, a little bit different. I'm not. I'm still not sure what okra is. What is that? I feel like it's a green thing. Google that quick. But the funniest thing about being able to order all of that is that he refused to eat it when it came claiming that he wasn't hungry people think it was a final screw you to the to, to the, the prison. chefs oh i know so okra is um is it like asparagus it looks like a little green bean <laughs> it's not a whale it's not a whale craig <laughs> it's not craig's fuming like save the whales like how on earth is he allowed fried <laughs> this orca? is an outrage <laughs> <laughs> Other people ask for things like Cheetos and Coke, 21-piece KFC buckets, to watch the whole Lord of the Rings trilogy, which was granted. Surely that's not food. That's not food, though. Which was granted. Um, And a whole birthday cake, which I'm here for. (laughs) That would feel horrible after that, though. Also, good luck to the people who are cleaning up after them after they have the lethal injection. Well, if if it's the eve before, hopefully, you know, they won't have a chance to have a big plot before then. (laughs) You'd definitely be having a nervous poop for that, though, wouldn't you? But this is it. Like, I don't know the percentage of people that do actually eat it because you're going to be terrified. You're dying the next day. You're not yeah. going to be like, oh, lovely, I'm just going to have uh, half a pound of barbecued meat and a big meat feast pizza. Yeah. You're, you're going to be in... Your stomach's going to be in knots. Yeah, you're going to be bricking it. So it's no wonder he didn't eat it all. Going back to Ban Quang, we've got one more thing which I, I found fascinating. So this lady, Judith Payne, she uh, was smuggling drugs as well. She recalls rat-infested floors of Bang Quang, 
as well as the first night of her incarceration, during which she was attacked by prisoners who tried to steal her diamond earrings. How is she taking diamond Judith, earrings? Judith, love, oh. if you're going to jail in Thailand, leave your diamond earrings leave at home, love. Leave your diamonds at home, love. Don't take them into the prison. Do you know what I mean? That's like asking for trouble. But Especially in the 72-hour window. Keep, I... keep them in your pocket and don't put them on. If I'm going to be going to jail, right, in Thailand, and I've got, I've got the diamond earrings and someone goes, give me them, I'll be like, yeah. I ain't fighting. Yeah. Take the earrings. Like, take the earrings. Or I'd be trying to swap them for something straight up. Like what? F- food, probably. <laughs> Pick a mix. <laughs> yeah. It says here as well, the Kingdom of Thailand has the highest female prison population rates. Did you really? know that? Really? Followed by the US. So Thailand is number wow. one for women getting banged up. Oh. Mm. Do you know what for? Or? Just kicking off, probably. <laughs> what? I'll fucking kick off with you now. Here we go. Get to jail. So it says here as well that the scariest aspect of this prison, Bangkwang, is how easy it is to end up there for decades, uh, even if it's not warranted. Yeah. Uh, UK native John Wheeler was sentenced to Bangkwang for smuggling heroin and was sentenced to 50 years. Meanwhile, a local who was arrested for shooting and butchering his wife was released only 11 years later. In Wheeler's words, life is so cheap there that drug sentences are worse than murder. Yeah. That's mad. But then it's that argument of, like you said, you know, if you're dealing drugs, you could ruin whole families' lives yeah. and people's lives. You but... could kill multiple people. Yeah. And yeah, that that's the problem in Thailand, isn't it? They're not a murderous country. It's obviously a drug-riddled going in, going out, la, yeah. la, la. So that's the problem they want to, like, crack down crack on. Down on. Mm. So, yeah, it's a tough one. All right, so tip of the day for me... Don't try and smuggle heroin or ecstasy or any other drugs into Thailand and you'll be fine. (laughs) Okay, so this one is quite terrible. Um, So if you're feeling a little bit sad or down or anything and you don't really want to hear something upsetting, then uh, just flick past this part. Please subscribe. So this is North Korea Camp 22. Camp 22 is a concentration camp. And just to be clear on what a concentration camp is, I did Google it um, because I, I know of the, the German Nazi concentration camps, but I don't know of them anywhere else. So it says a place in which large numbers of people, especially political prisoners or members of persecuted minorities, are deliberately imprisoned in a relatively small area with inadequate facilities, sometimes to provide forced labour or to await mass et- execution. Crikey, that's a thing. Yes. You know when you're talking about going into places and being like hang about, mm. like that's that's one thing that's mad about North Korea because like not many people know much about it because yeah. they they literally don't let camera crews in there. Mm-hmm. Like it's on full blown lockdown. Yeah. So f- like there are six. There's still this one's closed now. I'm not sure why it didn't say, but I can only imagine why. Right. But there are still six concentration camps open and with prisoners in today. The only reason we know about these is because of satellite pictures. Really? Yeah, we don't know how many prisoners there are. Camp 22, um, it was a maximum security area, completely isolated from the outside world. All of the concentration camps in North Korea are. You can't get to them. Right. You can't get out of them. Oh, God. Passed down from generation to generation, King Jong-un has maintained this regime. 
It was surrounded by a 3000 volt electric fence and an outer barbed wire fence with traps and hidden nails between the two fences. The camp was controlled by roughly 1,500 guards with dogs and rifles. And in the 90s, there was estimated to be about 50,000 prisoners in, these, in this camp. 50,000 people. That's mad. The prisoners were mostly people who criticised the government. <sighs> Um, one man was imprisoned for using a government newspaper to mop up a spill. Oh my God! This is how mad it is. Yeah, we, like we take this for granted in the UK. Yeah. Jimmy Stormzy being there. What do you mean? He's got a lyric, hasn't he? He's like, "Fuck the government and fuck Boris." Yeah, yeah. Are you allowed to do that in in the UK for yeah. your speech? Yeah. You mop up something with a newspaper there, you go to a concentration camp. That's mad! But listen to this next one. Three generations of a family can be imprisoned for one member's crime. What? This is... I haven't got a word for it. That's horrendous. So you haven't committed a crime, but you've got, like, a, a naughty Uncle John, and he's done it. Your whole family's in prison. John, mate, look what you've done now. John, you prick. Use a tea towel. <laughs> Back to the seriousness of this. Uh, inmates are subjected to cruel torture and barbaric treatment, and all prisoners who were, deta were detained until they died. Nobody was ever released. Ideal. And think about it. There's kids in there. There's people being. There's kids being born into into the camps. Sometimes I'll go on to that. So. The description for the camp was harsh and life-threatening, with prisoners looking like skeletons and cripples in rags. How do we know all this? Former guard Ang Mong Chol, he he came out of his position as a guard in this camp. Oh, and left North Korea? No, but he's given an interview. She must have left. There's no way that would happen. He wouldn't be dead. Quite possibly. All right, carry on. He estimates that about 30% of the prisoners had deformities, such as torn-off ears, smashed eyes, crooked noses, and faces covered with cuts and scars resulting from the beatings and being mistreated. Crikey Moses. So, even if you had missing limbs, you would still be forced to work. Prisoners received 180 grams, which is around six ounces of corn per meal, two times a day with almost no vegetables and no meats. Like, the only meat in their diets would be from snakes, rats and frogs, or even insects that the prisoners caught themselves. Oh, God. Terrible, isn't it? So an estimated uh, 1,500 to 2,000 people died of malnutrition here every year. Bloody hell. Mostly children. And despite these deaths, the, in the inmate population remained constant. So people were dying off and he was bringing more people in. Really? And it was just a constant when was this? What, do we know when this was? Uh, this was in the 90s. Really? Yeah. So that's, like, that's so new. But but it was closed in 2012. Okay. Like, not even that long ago. <sighs> they were housed in, like, bunkhouses, sleeping more than 100 people. The toilets were dirty. It was like a big communal dirty toilet area. Prisoners had to do hard physical labour in, in agriculture, mining and inside factories from 5am to 8pm. They were forced to work until they hit exhaustion. After they'd finished work at 8pm, this was followed by ideological re-education and self-criticism sessions. You have to go and self-criticise yourself. Why? I don't know. I do not know. This is the problem with a dictatorship. Yeah. Like, why do you, why do you want your people to just be in line and have no creativity, can't step out of line, can't have freedom of speech? You literally just breeding a bunch of robots mm -hmm. so that you can get richer 
and just tell people what to do and they just live a mundane, horrible, awful life. And if, if they co- cross the government, this is where they end up. Mm-hmm. It's so mad. It's such a, an egotistical, terrifying thought, isn't it? It is weird because all the while these people, they've been brainwashed into worshipping their leader. Yeah. Isn't it in North Korea they've all got the same all the men have got the same haircut as King King Kim Jong un. Yeah, yeah. Like and and you're supposed to imagine, like worship him and Imagine we all have to have the same haircut as Boris. <laughs> We'd I'd have to have a bit of work done to try and get it to look like that. Like <laughs> it's a bit crazy. But yeah, you know, he's still demanding all this respect off people who who essentially he's torturing and murdering. Unbelievable. Anne, the guard, uh, says that he was told that the prisoners were like enemies, to treat them like slaves and not human beings. God. So, at any time, the guards could kill any prisoner who did not obey their orders. He admitted that once he ordered the execution of 31 people from five families in a collective punishment because one family member had tried to escape. So he killed 31 of them. That is horrendous. It's not even, I know... I've already read this once and had a little cry, so I'm a bit numb to it now, but the prisoners in the camp were subjected to things like water torture, reduced meals, like you could get any less than fucking two cups of corn, like a day, sexual harassment, hanging torture. This is where the prisoner is stripped and hung upside down from the ceiling and violently beaten. Oh, God. Box room torture, which is where the prison is detained in a very small, solitary room in which there is barely enough room to sit but not to stand or lie for three days or a week. And kneeling torture, where a prisoner must kneel on a wooden bar inserted into their knee hollows to stop the blood circulation. So basically after a week, the, the prisoner can't walk or they will, they'll die some months later from the, from the effects of that. Oh, my God. It's, re- it's really crazy, but and, and the guard explained how inexperienced medical officers of the nearest hospital practice their surgery techniques on prisoners. What? They practice, like, he heard numerous accounts of unnecessary operations and medical flaws killing or permanently crippling prisoners. They literally were just used as, as like, dogs or, well, not even dogs, Experiments. like, less than human experiments just to be experimented on ah mental yeah the camp was shut in 2012 but six concentration camps just like these um, are still operating today there's lots of quick videos on it on YouTube from like escapees that have made it to the western world Mm. um but no documentaries as such. But there is a book I found um, called Escape from Camp 14, which was another one of the camps. And it is by a writer called Blaine Harden about one man's remarkable odyssey from North Korea to freedom in the West. I'd love to read that. It's in the, it's in the Amazon basket. That's mad. Because didn't this come up on one of our last podcasts where um, someone will try to escape from North Korea? And when you do that, there's like guards with guns and they shoot at you. If you, but if you get across the border and to you South, make it to South Korea, then they can't touch you. You're free, yeah. Imagine the feeling of making it there, like. Oh, Craig, I just, oh, I wouldn't have enough balls to try it. I don't think. Just think about how, to try and put it into perspective. Imagine Wales was a dictatorship. You had to talk highly of Prince Charles, and if you didn't, It'd like be Boris, wouldn't it? Your government. Well, I was just thinking he's the Prince of Wales, isn't he? Yeah, well, you're all family, definitely, yeah. both, yeah. And then you weren't allowed to escape, but imagine, like, you get to the border of Wales and England, which is the bridge, and you get across on a little raft, and people start shooting at you. But if you get make it to England, you're free. Yeah. 
Imagine that. Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't compute at all. It's so messed up. That's what I mean. Like, there needs to be a higher, like, person. Like a world government. A world person. World person. Like, not the queen, somebody else. Like, a board of these fucking director people who are like, you need to stop doing that. Human rights are being com- compromised in this section. You're going to have to change that. You've got 30 days to come up with something. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's nobody there who's like, operating the world in the right place you've got all these bad governments that are either doing what they think is right or they're no they're just bad people and mm. they're just doing it to either make money or whatever they're doing it for but there's no one there to say you're not doing that right you it's, need to you need to this human rights here yeah maybe they should be sending troops in do you know what i mean and, and they should be sending people to north okay. korea and just be like we need to free these people of this yeah. slavery. Yeah. These concentration camps. It happened I mean. in Nazi Germany. And, and they haven't done anything. They, madness, their Uncle John's done it. And the whole fucking family's gone. 31 people are just getting killed for mopping up with the newspaper. That's just beyond, isn't it? It's crazy. And it makes me so sad to think that this is, this is some people's destiny. This is what is happening to people. That makes the Bang Quang prison look like the Hilton. Yeah. Talking of prisons, I just wanted to mention this because there was there was heaps of stories on Alcatraz because that was one, supposed to be one of the worst prisons to to be on. So Alcatraz is an island off the coast of San Francisco. Yeah. Where you can go there. It's like a tourist attraction now. Amy and I have been there. Yes, it's amazing. It's amazing. You get a boat over, don't you? Because it's in the middle of the sea. You get a boat over, yeah, and you can do an audio tour, mm-hmm. and it's the most gripping, thrilling, like immersive audio tour you'll ever do because yeah. there's like they play sounds from the prison guards and like the um you know the prison doors closing the actual there's some actual prisoners who are in the jail tell stories about what it was like yeah and they show you you walk around they show you the cells they also like they walk you through an attempted escape when mm-hmm. there's like gunshots and there's like blast there's, there's a blast area on the floor where a yeah, grenade goes it, it off shows you, yeah. and they're like look to your left and you see the blast you're like oh it's you f- it's incredible um, and I don't know why we were saying earlier about prisons and, and prison tales being so fascinating mm. but if you get the chance go to Alcatraz um, and it'll just blow your mind yeah if, if you want like a major like because obviously we've been in lockdown for ages and if your wife or your husband's like we should have a date night when things open up <laughs> head to Alcatraz, <laughs> jump on a flight, go to San Fran, enjoy your time, but go there. Like, it, honestly, it, it's a great day out, isn't it? It is, yeah, it really is. And I, I found a few bits on there. I didn't want to talk too much about Alcatraz because it's so popular. Everybody kind of knows about it. But um, there was three prisoners, because, um, like, it's built on an island. It, the reason they had to close is because it was just getting battered by seawater and salt. And it was just a road in the building. There's no fresh water there. Mm. So they had to ship in like millions of gallons oh, of water every week. Um, and the cost of running it was like $10 per person per day mm-hmm. in the 50s. So it's so expensive to run. Yeah. So these three prisoners, Frank Morris, John Anglin and Clarence Anglin, who famously attempted to escape the prison island in 1962 using a raft made out of raincoats. What? How was that floating? So no one knows whether they made it or not, but the odds were stacked against them. Of the 36 men who fled from the site in the 29 years it was open, between 1934 and 1963, 23 were captured, six were killed by guards, and two drowned. The remaining five, including Morris and the Anglin brothers, made it to the water and disappeared. 
Get him on Facebook. So, <laughs> Go on, Instagram him now. See if John he's on Anglin. <laughs> Imagine we're like, are you the John Anglin? Oh, yeah, mate. Like, did you? Yes. How did the, the raincoat raft go after? How did the escape go? <laughs> Fascinating. Mad. Incredible. So there, yeah, there's a couple of brutal prisons. I uh, hope you enjoyed those stories. Yeah, I just want to say, um, if you've got time and you've got Netflix, um, Rikers Island is another prison that I didn't go into this time, but it has got the documentary from Khalif Browder. Yeah, oh really, my God. Really, I'm not even sure what the word is, but it Harrowing. is... Harrowing. It's an eye-opening watch. It really is. Rikers Island's based in New York City, and uh, his his story is just, like, so sad. Yeah. So sad. He's such a guy. It just shows um, how unfair the whole criminal justice system is, and yeah. how he was treated. And he was falsely imprisoned. Yeah, it's a good. It's it's a, it's not a good watch at all, but it's very informative and frustrating. Yeah. But if you've got a minute, I would suggest. I would recommend watching it. Yeah, give that a go. On a lighter note, let's play a little game. Yeah. Of would you rather? Oh, I always forget about this because you've just put it in so so randomly. <laughs> it's not random. And, but the question's probably got nothing to do with prison. Oh, nothing to do. Nothing, nothing at all. No. Oh, this is what all. I mean. I've chucked this in here. It's a little light segment. Okay. Get the people lolling. I know because most of our um, <laughs> podcasts they've been quite dark. Well, you they? it's always you. You always bring the darkness. I'm talking about Julie getting her diamond earrings necked and you like concentration camps. No, yours was not light. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, it was pretty dark. I mean, if you're going to prison, you're not going to have a good time, are you? Oh, maybe I should have done that. Plot twist. She had a wicked time. <laughs> you know, she she worked out. She lost a bit of baby weight. She had a, you know, she learned how to braille read and speak Thai. <laughs> anyway, what's your, what's your would you rather? Would you rather have edible spaghetti hair that regrows every night... Or sweat maple syrup. Oh, for God's sake. And I have to have one of these. <laughs> you have to have one. How thick is the hair? Well, it's spaghetti, so it's as thick as spaghetti. How many strands am I getting, though? Like a full head, yeah. Okay. And like, and, and your armpits. What if you don't eat it? It just keeps you growing. It just keeps growing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm a th- I've got a thing about sweating. I don't really like it, even if it was like maple syrup. So I'll go for the spaghetti here. Oh God! Just think about the gross big pores on your head with the spaghetti would come out. Oh, you didn't mention that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Every time you shave your head, you've got big holes in your head. Well, you never said that. And then your little spaghetti sprouts out. All right, I'll take the maple syrup. <laughs> you do this every time. You question what I say. But think about the logistics of that maple syrup sweating. Yeah, it's too sticky. You clothes, you couldn't wear clothes. No. Your clothes would be ruined every time you got a little bit hot. Yeah. You'd have to move to Iceland or something. But when you wake up in the morning, if you make pancakes, you can just wipe them under your armpit. <laughs> <laughs> just grab two. Do you want maple syrup? You go, yes, I go, right. And it's the Roll primo it as well. It's the Canadian maple syrup. Oh, shit, okay. It's not just your average, oh, well, you know... Oh, that changes things. Um, what's it called? Dextrose. You know, it's the proper stuff. Right. Straight from a maple tree in yeah. Canada. Oh, I can wear a beanie. I'm going to go for the spaghetti. Thank oh. you. You're single then. Sorry, mate. <laughs> You'd take me if I had the maple armpits, would you? I'd take the maple armpits, yeah. Would you lick them? Yeah. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be bold then, would it? It'd be maple syrup, so it'd be fine. All right, final part of the podcast this week is a riddle. The riddle. Ah. You are, honestly... There's no need for that. <laughs> I need some new sound effects, to be honest. All right, this one goes like this. 
The day before yesterday, I was 21. The next year, I will be 24. When is my birthday? I know the answer. Do you? That's do easy. That's a super easy one. Is it? Bob, but let the people... Don't... You're looking at me like I'm going to get a different one now. Let the people have this, Craig. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, don't tell them the answer. We need to be able to fulfil our... Our self-belief in ourselves <laughs> that we would be able to answer one of these riddles. There we go. It's a little bit easier this week, so uh, hopefully you get the answer. Brilliant. Um, so that is it for this week's podcast. So, yeah, hopefully you've learned something this week about North Korea and about... Bangkok prisons and Alcatraz and spaghetti here. Yeah. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you press subscribe, press the little button, um, give us a comment if you liked it. Tell us about prisons, other prisons that we may have missed as well. Yes. Or some fascinating stories that we should look into. Yeah, we're always on the lookout for other podcast topics, aren't we? Yeah, so if you've got any suggestions of what you want to hear us talk about, maybe like a part two of something that we've discussed already. We've had a lot of conspiracy. No, what was it? True crime. We've had a lot of true crime do a part two, haven't we? Yeah. We might have to do that as like an extra. Yeah, that was quite a fun one. Yeah. So yeah, thanks so much for listening. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. And uh, until next time, what have we got to say to the people, babes? Give them a piece of your heart. Go on. Don't be naughty. Right? <laughs> That's first and foremost. Like, don't, don't do anything wrong that would make you a bad person in society and have to go to jail. Um, but remember, it is your own world. You can rule it. Not illegally, though. Okay? <laughs> okay, good, as long as that's clear. <laughs> One, two, three, bye! bye.